Hey guys, thanks so much for following along and listening to this episode of the Core Leadership Podcast, where we hope to inspire college men to fulfill the purposes of God in their generation. My name is Brian Lee, and I recently had the opportunity to interview Ben Stewart of Passion City Church, D.C. And this episode is part two of our conversation. If you happen to have missed part one, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the previous episode, because in this episode, we pick up right where we left off. And this entire conversation is brought to you by our good friends at Sky Ranch Camps. You'll be hearing more about Sky Ranch at the end of this episode and in future episodes, and we're so grateful for their partnership. But as we wrap up this conversation, we get to hear Ben talk about the significance of having fun, decompressing. We get to hear about experiencing God in the desert place, in the wilderness. I think one of my favorite moments in this entire conversation with Ben was hearing him talk about this cultural moment and how we as the people of God have the opportunity to treat people differently during these days, that we can reject these binary assumptions that are being pressed upon us, and we can be the third way as we shine the light of the gospel in a culture that so desperately needs to hear it and see it. Ben wraps up sharing why he wrote a book on singleness and dating, as well as what he's hoping for and dreaming about for Generation Z. So to bring you back up to speed from where we left off, Ben had just shared about the disciplines that he's cultivated in his life to help him flourish and thrive, and I've just asked him what it looks like for him to decompress, and what, as well as what fills him up and how he has fun. So we'll start back and jump right back into Ben's response. Well, and that's a great question because I didn't prioritize that early on. Yeah. And what would happen is I would, I would just go to burnout, mm-hmm. either emotional burnout, right. or I think that was a big contributing pack factor to me injuring my back. Okay. I was carrying too much stress in my body and my mental uh, state was just soldier on and I just did it till I broke. And then you realize, oh, that's not necessary or good. Mm. I mean, God built a Sabbath into our rhythm. Yeah. And so Psalm 23 says, he makes me lie down in green pastures mm. and he leaves me beside cool waters. And I realized um, if, if you're never resting, then he's not shepherding you. Your ego probably is, hmm. you know, um, or some broken need for approval or success. Right. So it was in the injuring of my back, I had to recalibrate that. And I remember I had a mentor confront me on that. He was like, what do you do for fun? And I sat there and he goes, you don't even know. <laughs> he's like, I bet you don't have a list of three things. He's like, that's, that's pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then I realized how valuable it yeah. is to keep you from going crazy. Right. Or if you don't find a positive release, the devil will present illicit ones. And that's what a lot of leaders do. Interesting. They cultivate secret islands of release. Yeah. And they'll, they'll crater your life and your family. Yeah. So that's what did it for me. If I don't create positive ones, the whisper to negative one gets really loud. That's really good. So, Nature's energizing for me. Yeah. So I'm outdoors all the time. Yeah. And up here, I'm constantly looking for new hikes. I mean, the kids, it's always like, where are we going? I'm like, we're going somewhere. We're attacking something. Let's go. Let's climb something, hike something. I've realized for me, I always have to have a trip planned, even if it's a couple months away. Hmm. And I know for me, I love the desert. I like going out into the wild. I like going into the desert. I always have some plan of Ben just hitting eject. And Donna's so supportive of that. She's like, it's, she understands. It's good for all of us to let Ben just eject and get out into the world. Yeah. So, and uh, that's good. And I, I don't do that alone. I do it with a couple buddies cool. that love me and aren't impressed by me in the slightest. Right. I mean, you need those guys around totally. you that don't 
they don't listen to my podcast. They won't listen to this. They don't care what <laughs> Ben's thoughts on leadership. Even though I think they're not bad, they're like, ah, whatever. But they love me. They, yeah. they die for me. And it's good. And uh, I try to, right now in coronavirus to stay sane, I try to make uh, at least three calls a week to friends mm. that are, we can just laugh and have fun. Cool. You know? Cool. And I'm always trying to read a book or two that I like. It's just something interesting. It's yeah. not for work. It's not, oh, because it might be an illustration. I just think it's interesting. That's good. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, working out is, for me, it's time away from a screen. And, you know, our lives are so screen heavy. So exercise yeah. gets me away from the screens, which is good. It's great. Yeah. It's a great answer. Yeah, man. Uh, I do. I, too, have found out that there's a lot of high-level leaders that don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like the pressure's building. And so I just thought it was, clearly it's something you've thought through and love your response. So, oh, one other thought I was going to share. Uh, this was reverting back to what we were talking about, the desert. Yeah. Uh, I was reminded when you said you something about the desert. But I was in this meeting with a guy. He, it was a, kind of an interview type of sorts. It was this guy that I know who was doing this, had this big kingdom vision. Yeah. And there's another guy that I also know who's one of the most connected people in Christendom that I know. And it was like an interview of one of them was trying to say, hey, would you help me do this thing? And the guy that he was interviewing looked at me and he said, tell me about the desert season of your life. And in that moment, I thought, man, what a fascinating, it wasn't a question, it was like a demand it was a it was a request yeah but what was interesting was he assumed this guy had been through the desert season (laughs) and i realized in that moment that if a leader is worth his salt he needs that story yeah that story of being like man i didn't know up from down and i was struggling and here's how i experienced god in the midst of it here's how i got on the other side of it yeah and so i think that is true and for college students uh, especially this generation, which I want you to speak to in just a second, that that do and millennials got the worst rep for this. Of like, yeah. right out of college, I'm ready to lead my own business. I'm ready to climb the ladder. Uh, I'm ready to change the world overnight. Yeah. And so, um, but I do. I just think it, it's probably something that's not spoken about enough. Is this idea of the purposes of God in the desert season? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good insight, man. And. You know, I think of Lamentations, I believe, was it was a big verse for me in my 20s where it's um, it's good for a man to bear the yoke when he's young. Hmm. Let him bury his face in the dirt because there he'll find hope. Yeah. And, you know, I left college and I thought like a lot of young guys, well, now it's time to take over the world. Right. And I landed in this church in the suburbs where I didn't know anybody and none of my friends were there. And... I had this youth ministry that, I mean, I remember writing this Bible study and one kid came and it's kind of, I'll tell it now. And it's like a funny story, but in the moment you're like, this is my life. Yeah. I mean, I remember having a buddy come, come with me to join my youth ministry and we went to coffee afterwards and he was like, so like, um, how's it going, man? Like how long do you think you're going to keep doing this? I was like, it is bad, right? I mean, just the look on his face was just like genuine concern. Like, what have you done? And I'm like, I don't know. But that, I just kept thinking of that song, dwell in the land, cultivate faithfulness, you know? Cool. And uh, I think you have to have those seasons where you just go, you know what? 
I have to stay here and believe that God has purpose for me on the anvil and purpose for me mm. in the grind. And I've seen it enough in my life to, yeah. to believe it. Yeah. But you're right. There's no way, there's no way to the promised land, but through the desert, you got to yeah. do it. Yeah. And then, and, and like, let's be honest, a lot of people are in that place right now yeah. with COVID and anxiety, depression, yes. all time highs. And so maybe just take a moment and speak to those that feel like, yeah, that's me right now. Like I'm in that place. I am like anxious, depressed. Like yeah. I'm so tired. Even being tired, uh, what would you say to somebody in that place? Like they're in a desert place right now. Yeah, that's a great question, right? I mean, the first thing I would say and hope they would hear is that God loves you. And there's no value in kicking yourself or shaming yourself or beating yourself up to acknowledge you're struggling. That's yeah. actually the first step on the path to insight and revelation. Mm -hmm. and a, is, uh, that's our gospel. It starts with repentance. It yeah. starts with the empty hand that says, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I can't fix me. Yeah. That's us. So I think if you're there, just throwing up in your hands and telling him that, I am anxious. I am scared. I'm worried about this. I'm afraid of that. I'm, yeah. He loves that. He yeah, honors that. Yeah. Even as you were talking about during college, 20 minutes a day, you were just saying, I'm scared of this, this, this. Like, what's the alternative, right? That we fake it till we make it. That yeah. we suppress that. And it's it doesn't go away. No. And so, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, that is the first step of just yes. being honest. Quit trying to uh, convince yourself or certainly God that you're yeah. not really where you are. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then I was uh, talking with a mentor the other day and he had sat with a mutual friend who, who uh, basically turns around failing companies. Okay. They bring him in when a company is yeah. like, Hey, let's be honest. Y'all are failing. Right. They bring him in to turn them around. And he told them like, get, how do you do that? When, when it feels like everything's crashing. And he said, I start by telling them, when we break a pattern, we open a door of possibility. Hmm. And some people just get so stuck in their patterns and they are unreflected upon. It's just the thing I do. Yeah. And maybe one of the unexpected benefits of Corona is God has just shattered your pattern. Yeah. He's broken your rhythm. He has upended your plans. <laughs> and you're sitting there with a everything around you in pieces going, what now? And yeah. it's like, well, that's can be an alarming thing, but it can also open the door of possibility. Yeah. Saying, what do I need to flourish? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I don't need is five hours on my phone every day. Right. So let me try some different inputs to get different outcomes. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, I was talking to a young man yesterday who's more of an introvert, but he's like, I, I understand now the premium on human interaction. Yeah. I'd always thought, well, what? I can listen to a podcast. It's just about the sermon to go to church, right? Now he right. realizes it's not. That's right. It's about rubbing shoulders with people who can ask me hard questions, yeah. who can care about me, who I can care for. Mm -hmm. I miss caring for other people. And he's realizing this season, it, when all this blows over, he's, he's going to value community yeah. in a way he never did before. Yeah. And you know, how many of us have heard a million ser sermons on the importance of community? And we're like, yeah, yeah. And now we're like, I miss people so right. much. You know? Right. And so, right. um, so if you're anxious, let him know. 
and pour out your heart to him and know a loving God leads us into the desert, not to destroy us, but to refocus us mm. and look for the ways that he's going to give you. Well, here's some revealed things you can excel at. Sit with me. Be honest with me. Call some people who know me mm-hmm. and see if he doesn't lay out for you baby steps out of the wilderness back into the nation like Jesus with the power of the Holy Spirit in you and with a sense of purpose behind you. Dude, it's a word. Yeah. It's good. Talking about being a a desert season, which can at times feel crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly things feel crazy. And you are, you know, we've got pandemic, we've got uh, racial unrest like we've never seen in my life. We've got political chaos. Yeah. And you're right here. You've got a front row seat into all of it. Yeah. You know, the Capitol is a couple of miles away from you. Yeah. And your, you know, church that you lead is all uh, folded into all of it. I can't imagine. So I think just your sense of what God's saying to the church during these crazy days. Man. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. You know, I, um, it's amazing, man. I, I, when I preach, I try to never get far from the word of God, but I cling to it closer than ever now Mm. showing people, um, look, this is exactly what it says, you know? And it's amazing that like I'm studying first Peter right now. You're like, what happened? He calls them the dispersion. You've all been separated from each other and you're under a high level of stress because of drama with the government. You're like, how does this apply to my life? You know, so I think we're closer to a New Testament first century context than ever before and uh, in our lifetime. And I think that does help people to go, dude, we have a guide. Um, For me, I'm trying to give people those planks. I think what's happening right now in America is if you share an idea I immediately fill in the gaps of the rest of the narrative and assume your motive in it and then cast you out based on it. Right. And all fruitful discussion is ceased. Yeah. Whereas the Bible tells you a very different way. Yeah. It says, love your enemy, pray for the person who persecutes you. And then I love that Jesus says, and lend to him expecting nothing in return. Mm-hmm. You're like, give him money. <laughs> so, um, you look in scripture, you're like, man, we don't lie to each other, not in the family. We don't have malice in our heart towards people. It's good. So if you find yourself wishing ill on somebody, you're wrong. Yeah. And we don't deceive. We don't hmm. um, amend the data to fit my predetermined conclusion. Right. I mean, that's not just in Peter. That's in Peter, Colossians, Philippians. I mean, it's showing up all through, like, huh. he's like, we don't act like this. Yeah. So what I love is, our biblical guidelines for how to treat people will make us enormously different than the rest of the world right now. So to me, if you look in the history of the church, times of enormous upheaval have been often the precursor to times of great revival. That's good. But it's, can the believer cling to the word of God or will we get sucked up in the whirlwind of chaos? And right now it's, uh, binary. You're either left or right, liberal or conservative. It's you either care about African Americans or you're on the side of the police. And you're like, wait, what? No, I reject all these kind of binary assumptions. Uh, we are the third way. Yeah. Jesus put um, a zealot and a tax collector in his inner 12. Tax collectors work for the government. Zealous 
wanted to overthrow the government. Yeah. And Jesus only picked 12. And he was like, yeah, I want both of you guys wow. in here. And I guarantee you, both of them walked in the circle and went, ah, oh, heck no, not that guy. And Jesus was like, this is how I roll. Wow. I'm going to take Jew and Gentile and put them in the same family. I'm going to take Greek and barbarian. Barbarian was an ethnic slur. So when he says in Colossians, there's no more Greek and barbarian. Barbarian wasn't a tribe. That's what the Greeks would call you because you didn't speak Greek. You know? hmm. And in Ephesians, he was like, hey, you who used to be called the uncircumcision. He names, again, an ethnic slur that was used against them. Hmm. He's like, y'all used to be divided, yeah. but Christ bled out for the two of you. And he tells you to get along. Yeah. So speak the truth in love. Yeah. And uh, so we have the tools there. Mm. It's just we're all um, running around like crazy and not anchored in the word. But if we can be people who are dwelling with God, we will be like Moses. You walk back with your face shining at a word that people go, what is this? You're saying things no one else is saying. And you're like, yeah, I'm saying the very words of God. He has shown us how to navigate seasons like this. So I get energized in the word of God and with my church because it's thriving. It's I get depressed if I'm on the news too long. Okay. So I balance them. It's great. And I lean heavier scripture. Yeah. That's good. It's <laughs> good. It's a good recipe. Yeah. Okay. So switch gears just briefly. We're running out of time. Uh, I'd love for you know, you've written a book, a book, you've written a book about singleness and dating yep. and marriage. Man. Um, you know, can you give like the spark notes version, not necessarily of the book, but of that message that God has given you to share with the world, with the church. It's been so powerful. Just love for college guys to hear, you know, if they haven't, if they're not familiar, uh, yeah. first of all, they can get familiar, but in yeah. a nutshell, what is some of that message that you carry? Yeah, man. Well, I'll tell you, the heart behind it was a compassion for college students. Right. Because I watched this advent of social media, which is still, we're one generation in, really. I mean, the iPhone came out in 2007. And with it, access to the World Wide Web immediately at all times. Right. That's still a new concept in the human story. Mm -hmm. But now we're just now getting data in and see it's been profoundly negative. Yeah. It's introduced some really hardcore pornography into the lives of a lot of people before they were ready to handle not that you should ever handle it, but just before you're even asking those questions, you're being shown some very shocking things. It lodges pain in the hearts of a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. And it increases anxiety uh, socially because there's no respite from it. There's mm -hmm. no break from the social drama. And so I watched young people in the churn of this wake and it completely washed them out into what is normal dating? What is a dating script? How do I meet people? Um, self-reported awkwardness in face-to-face -face conversation is off the charts among young people. And I'm like, and it's not their fault. Yeah. You didn't create this device. Mm -hmm. We put it in your hands. But it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Mm -hmm. And so compassion made me write it. My goal was to give people a sense of agency. You're in a chaotic age, but you are not without options. Yeah. And to me, it was really energizing to see that sense of purpose in Corinthians for singleness. That Paul says singleness has a purpose under God. That's right. Not to be distracted, not to spend all your hours just whittling away your time on video games, but to pursue an undistracted devotion to the Lord. Mm. And that to me, when I was in my 20s, living alone in an apartment, when I read that, I was like, there's a purpose to this singleness and it will end. Yeah. 
And I don't want to end and say, man, I just really blew it. I was sitting here not ready at all. Yeah. I want to say, no, I want to crush this. And so I'm going to get good at being close to the Lord. And as I do, I become more like him. And when you're more like him, Jesus was unafraid to tell the truth to people undisputed to their face and flip over a table if he had to. He was a man of power and he was a man of compassion and great care. And I promise you, if you're a mix of those two things, you're strong and loving, um, women will want to be around men like that. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. And then it's just, can I enact in dating? Mm -hmm. It's not meant to be a pseudo marriage where I can fool around with a girl. No, it is. I'm evaluating. Are you and I meant to grab hands and run for a lifetime? So each of these stages have a purpose under God. Dating's not in the Bible, but identifying a proper person to run with is. Mm -hmm. Evaluation is what the book of Proverbs is about. And so I wanted to give young people wisdom. How do I navigate life well? So that's what the book does. You have purpose and there's a wise way to pursue it that's healthy. And again, healthy Christian dating, man, people are like, is there such a thing anymore? Right. But then when they see it right, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. And it is, uh, I've got people who don't know God coming to me. When I moved to DC, I'll tell you the story real quick. Yeah. Like, you know, I wrote it in College Station as my swan song, my love for college students. I'm like, this is the best I got on this subject. And it's what impacted my life. And I just thought it was sort of like my parting gift to college ministry as I moved up here. But you know, I got up here, a third of the city is under the, between 20 and 35. So it's a sea of young people. Yeah. So I went to the Capitol when I first got here, met with a guy, worked in the Capitol, got my suit on. I sit down. He doesn't know me from Adam. And I was like, how can I serve your people up here on the hill? And without hesitation, he said, nobody up here knows how to date. He said, high caliber people whose relational lives are in tatters. He hmm. said, are you going to, can you speak in any way to that? And I was like, I think I can. Wow. <laughs> and, oh, and I was, wow. and then the chaplain of the Senate asked me to come later. And we kept having to move the rooms because the room kept got bigger. And he was like, I didn't know you're famous. I'm like, I'm not. No one up here knows me. I was like, what you're seeing here is pain. What you're seeing here is people looking for truth. Yeah. And I have it. Yeah. We have the stars to navigate by. But isn't that weird? So I didn't awesome. want to write a book on dating. I felt like it was obedience to the Lord because of what he was teaching me. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. God was like, yeah, and that's going to open the door to the capital yeah. of America. Wow. You know, so that's the thing. Like, you excel to reveal things. Yeah. I think I'm supposed to write on data. I'm going to do it. And then I end up. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, you know, who would have written this story? Hmm. Because that's the way to get into the capital. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, that's But it was. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll include a link to that book. Yeah. And other resources in the show notes here. But. Final question just to end with is, I'm just curious, like what are you hoping for? What are you dreaming about? I mean, for your own life as we look ahead, uh, but also for the younger generation. I know we haven't, I, I, I wanted to get your thoughts, maybe just a couple from uh, like the generation of college students, Gen Z. Yeah. And, but, but what is your hope for yourself and or your hope for generation of college students as they are formed yeah. in these college years. Yeah, man. You know, I um, I was a church history major in seminary, and I've thought I've leaned back on that a lot now because you look and go, there have been many generations that went through enormous crisis, right? And great rebirth 
in the church often started in that place of desperation and fear. It's when people got scared enough to pray, mm. when people got desperate enough to seek the Lord. Mm. That's when he moved in power. Yeah. My, it's, in AA, it's you hit rock bottom before you get sober. Yeah. That's played out in the church's history over and over again. Totally. <laughs> you know? Um, Old Testament, New Testament, church history sense. That's it, the pattern. It's right? how it works. Yeah. And uh, it's not a guarantee. We could get worse mm-hmm. as a nation. You could get worse as a person listening to this. You could. But my hope is this is sufficient enough that people say, this life I'm living, just plugged in, consumer, on a phone, desperately insecure, trying to put images up for people to validate me. I don't want to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I think there might be a better way. Yeah. And I want people to do what Jeremiah said. You're standing at a crossroads. He said, um, look for the ancient path. Mm-hmm. That's where the good way is. Because mm-hmm. there you'll find rest for your soul. My hope is young people will begin to walk the ancient path again mm-hmm. and be men who are strong and loving. Yeah. Women that are the same, courageous people. Yeah. Uh, Ruth and Boaz were called high yields, right? Righteous people, warrior kind of people. Lion-faced men, that's what I've been praying for. David said, that's what I have. He said, I have lion-faced men. And that's what I want. Hmm. And I believe this generation could be that. I really do, man. And I'm seeing it up here in our young people uh, that say, I'm going a different way. And that's my hope for you is you'll go, I don't know where everyone else is going. But if God's going that way, that's where I'm going. That's I'm going to take his word seriously. I'm going to walk with him. That's and who knows, you may not just be going on a walk. There may be a whole wake of blessing behind you. That's a good word. Ben. But I'm cheering you on, man. I love yeah. it. I love what you're doing. Well, thanks for taking time. This has been such a gift for me personally, just to get to be with you, uh, to be with you again now in your neck of the woods here in D.C. So thanks for bringing me in, for doing this. And last thing, just I know we talked about the next generation uh, you're doing some things with the church that yep. you're excited about, just yeah. discipling, raising up college students or post-college students. So just talk about where you want to go with that. Yeah, well, I'd say track along with us, Passion City, D.C. You know, we're online, YouTube, socials, track with us because it is an exciting city to live in. Yeah. It's filled with young people who are here because they want to change the world. Mm-hmm. And it's a city of great need, too. And, you know, we just passed our two-year birthday, and it's growing. I mean, the church is really, it's crazy how fast it's grown, the hunger up here spiritually. And I'm looking and going, you know what? We need, uh, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, and we need to start raising up young leaders. And so we're right on the front end of developing a residency. You wouldn't find it on our website now, but just pray for us. We're in the wings working on it. But, you know, this church started because about 30 people moved here without a job, just moved here to make a difference. And they found jobs. There's plenty up here. And they said, I want to build a church. And I think there's another wave coming of people that some of them as residents for us, some as interns, some just say, hey, I'm just coming up there. And uh, I want to see young people. I want to train them in the Bible, leadership. I want our team to train them. And I want to put people to work to reach a pretty pivotal city on the planet. Yeah. for the glory of God. Sure. So, yeah, I would just say stay tuned to us, guys, because yeah. I think some of you, who knows, God might be calling you to come put your hand to this with us, and I'd love for you to. Thanks again for following along with us on this journey on the Core Leadership Podcast. 
We hope this two-part conversation with Ben Stewart has been a blessing, an encouragement, and an inspiration to you. We hope that you continue to follow along with us in the weeks and the months ahead as we release new episodes with the hope of inspiring college men to fulfill the purposes of God in their generation. This particular episode is brought to you by Sky Ranch Camps, a Christian camp focused on sharing the gospel. Sky Ranch is one of North America's leading Christian camping organizations with locations in Texas, Colorado, and Oklahoma, and offering programs year-round. Sky exists to provide people with a positive, recreational, fun, and memorable experience while also exposing them to the truths of the Word of God. So if you want to get paid to change kids' lives while having a ton of fun, Sky Ranch is the place for you. They are our first sponsor, and you'll hear more about them in the upcoming episodes. But be sure to check them out and consider applying for next summer at www.applyatsky.com. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Core Leadership Podcast. My name is Kason. I'm the producer of this podcast and the director of communications for Beta Upsilon Chi. I want to take this last moment, as always, to talk a little bit about Bucks and who we are. We are a lifelong brotherhood of committed Christian men seeking the bonds of brotherhood and unity in Christ through the avenue of a social fraternity on a college campus. Our founding verse is Psalm 133.1, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. You can find out more about Bucks, information on joining, founding a chapter on your campus, or donate at byx.org. You can keep up with us on social media at Beta Upsilon Chi on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks again, and we'll see you in two weeks.